G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Now there's two operative words that must constantly be in play for a marriage to be vibrant and successful. And those words are leave and cleave. Leave and cleave. Pastor Greg Laurie with words from Genesis 2.24. A man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. The word cleave means to glue or to cling. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean you're stuck together. It means you're holding on to one another. Big difference. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. A recipe always comes with an ingredients list and instructions. Most of us know from personal experience that if we don't pay attention, things can go sideways pretty quickly in either area. But it's something special when everything goes according to the plan. Mm -hmm. Well, marriage is a bit like that too. When you combine two people who want to seek God, you fold in mercy, season with grace, and you marinate with love. You've got the start of something beautiful. Today in A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us find God's recipe for a good marriage. Let me take a quick poll before I begin. How many of you are single? Raise your hand up. You're, you're not married. Oh, quite a few of you. Very good. By the way, just keep your hand up. You that are single, keep your hand up. Keep it up. Now look around. Look around. No, seriously, look around. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I say do that? Because the best place to meet the right person is in church, right? That's why. That's good. I met my wife in church. I saw her sitting out there. It's not like I was scoping girls or something, but I, I saw her, you know, and I got to know her. We've been married like 44 years. Okay, so there you go. All right, so second question. How many of you are married? Raise your hand. You're married. Quite a few of you. All right. Okay, now, don't look around, by the way. If you're married, don't look around. Okay, now, you who are single, be honest. How many of you who are single wish you were married? Raise your hand. It's okay, don't be embarrassed, it's cool. Yeah, that's right. Okay, how many of you who are married wish you were single again, right? Don't, don't. <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so the title of my message is Marriage 101. Marriage 101, we're in Ephesians chapter five. Turn there with me if you would. But let me just say a few words to singles so you don't feel left out. As you're looking around, here's what you need to look for. Look for a godly person, start there. And I didn't say look for a Christian because a lot of people will say there are Christians who are not Christians. You know, there might be some guy who's not a believer and he'll ask you out and you'll say, oh, I I won't go out with a guy that is not a Christian. Oh, are you a Christian? Oh, uh, yeah. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Whoa. 
the way you said it sounded icky. What's what? Yeah, no, I mean, I love God, whatever. <laughs> a guy will lie through his teeth and even some girls will. That's why I said look for someone that's godly. If you spend time with a person, you'll know whether they're a godly person or not. One of the best places to go is let's go to church. Let's go to church and worship together and have a Bible study together and see if they're into that. Oh, well, I don't really want to do that. You know, well, okay, you have a problem already. Now let me take it a step further. Look for someone who's even more godly than you. More godly than you are. So find contentment in your singleness before you go and try to find contentment as a married person. But let me say this. There is a certain flexibility in being a single. I'd give you a little homework assignment to look up later. First Corinthians 7. A 32 to 35, Paul talks about uh, the mobility of a single. And he says, you know, an unmarried man uh, can spend his time doing the Lord's work, thinking about how to please him, but a married man can't do that. He has to think of how to please his wife. That's not a criticism. When you're married, you have to think about your wife. You have to think about your husband. Then when you become parents, you have to think about your kids. You can't just run off and do whatever you want. But when you're single, you have a mobility to maybe do things a married person could never do. So if you're in that moment of singleness in your life, embrace the moment, be the godliest version of you that you can be, serve the Lord, take that free time you have and use it for His glory, and I just bet the Lord will just drop that person into your life. And you may even know them right now, by the way. It's not always someone you meet, it's someone that you've known and all of a sudden, the light goes on over your stupid head <laughs> and you realize this person who is a great friend of mine and I have so much in common with and I enjoy being with so much actually could potentially be my future spouse. So start there. All right, so let's look at Ephesians now and this is a few words to married people. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother, I'm in verse 31, and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and his church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular love his own wife as himself and see that the wife respects her husband. So we'll stop right there. And this is Paul talking about what happened in the book of Genesis, a husband and wife coming together, leaving and cleaving. Just imagine for a moment what it would have been like to live in the Garden of Eden. I think sometimes we think of the Garden of Eden as, um, as a place that's not real, like Camelot or Neverland or Atlantis. But the Garden of Eden was a real place in which God placed real people and they were brought together. It surpassed all the beautiful places on the planet today. And Adam was all alone and he gave names to all the animals but there was something missing and in fact it was someone who was missing and it was Eve. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he woke up, there was Eve. He says this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So that is what is being talked about here. Now there's two operative words, write these words down if you would please. Two operative words that must constantly be in play for a marriage to be vibrant and successful. And those words are leave and cleave. Leave and cleave. Verse five, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and cleave into his wife. The word cleave means to glue 
or to cling. So it's leave and cleave. So what does that mean? It means that first you leave father and mother. A son is still a son to his mom and dad. A daughter is still a daughter. But when she marries a man, a new home is started. A new family has begun. And her primary responsibility is to her husband. His primary responsibility is to the wife. So it's leave, but it's also cleave. Now don't think of cleave as separating something. It's something coming together. Because the word cleave means to adhere to or to stick or to be attached by some strong tie. It doesn't mean you're stuck together. It means you're holding on to one another. Big difference. See, if I'm climbing up the side of a rock, I'm holding on. Why? Because I want to live. That's why. So in marriage, it's not, gee, oh, we're stuck together, whatever. You know, someone said in a question that I read in the back room, uh, should we stay together for the kids? Now you would expect me to say no. I'll, I'll tell you my answer. Absolutely. But I have a better reason. Stay together because God told you to stay together. Number one. That's the reason. Number two, yeah, kids is a good reason. And number three, your emotions will catch up with your commitment in time. Because in marriage you feel a lot of love at first. And then it ebbs and it flows and it ebbs and it flows and it changes and you change and they change and life changes but you're honoring that commitment. And then the love comes back emotionally stronger than it's ever been. Then you don't feel it a day here or a day there, whatever. The point is you keep that commitment throughout your life. So yes, just stay together. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. And today, Pastor Greg is joined by his associate pastors to answer some practical questions about marriage and the family, a discussion begun by Pastor Jason Powell. Okay, uh, there's a question that is really serious, and it deals with affair. I probably have at least 30 people that have texted in with an unfaithful spouse. Um, And this one says, can a marriage of 25 years survive an affair? Another of the same says, my spouse is continually cheating on me. What should I do? Uh, Another one, my husband is constantly texting other girls and deleting them and lying about it. I think he's having an affair. Another one, I just caught my husband having an affair um, over and over and over again. And so what's the advice that you give to them? How do you affair-proof your marriage? It's not easy. I think of a a picture I saw years ago of a fire that hit a neighborhood and every home was burned to the ground except one. And so they went and interviewed this guy and said, well, why didn't your home burn down? He says, because I went beyond code. Uh, When they said, you put in this, I put in a, a double insulation and I put in double glass and I did this other thing and he did, he went beyond what was required. When you're constantly feeding your marriage, uh, working on your marriage, uh, loving your spouse, that's the best thing you can do. The best way to not go backwards is to go forward. Okay, but if there's a breakdown in communication, and, and if you get into porn, porn is like pouring gas on a fire, okay? You'd say, well, I have this strong sexual desire. It's because you're looking at pornography. Don't, don't feed lust, starve lust, okay? And the place to fulfill your sexual drive that is given to you by God is in your marriage. The Bible says drink water from your own well. So that, that's what you need to do. And keep it interesting. Keep it um, vibrant. You know, you're married. Enjoy each other. Read the book of Song of Solomon for Pete's sake. I mean, 
That's what it's about. It's, it's in the safety of marriage that God will bless. And yes, God can bless sex. But okay, coming back just for a moment, I want you guys jump in, but on an affair, let me make a distinction between two. One question. If there has been unfaithfulness, uh, can a marriage survive it? The answer is yes. Uh, adultery is not just cause for divorce, it's also cause for forgiveness. Hmm. You can forgive, you should try to forgive. But if he's a serial adulterer, let me change, uh, adapt that. If she's a serial adulteress, two way street. If they're doing it over and over, okay, come on. This is, this is such a violation of the vows. And actually, Jesus himself, I'm never the guy to say get divorced, but there are exceptions to that rule. And Jesus said, if there's unfaithfulness, you have grounds for divorce. So yes, you can forgive them, but you do have grounds. And if there's serial adultery going on, well, you know, that, that person has sabotaged the marriage and you can forgive them, but there could come a point where you would just say, I'm sorry, this, this is completely broken down. So that does happen. But uh, you know, the main thing, the best way to affair proof your marriage is constantly be strengthening your marriage and doing things that keep your marriage strong and vibrant and then avoid influences like porn and stuff and flirty. Don't be texting girls and guys, stop, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, you gotta be very careful with that. And um, my wife has all my passwords to everything. She will look at my text, you know, and she'll go, we're doing what tomorrow? I, oh, you know. <laughs> so she, you know, she'll check my calendar. She'll look at my emails. I, that's fine by me. I don't have anything to hide. So if you have something to hide from your spouse, there's a problem right there. Amen. I would even say, um, so say the adultery happens, like this person who has been married for 25 years. Yes, God can restore that marriage. Now it takes forgiveness on the part of the person who was uh, the, the victim. And forgiveness is a choice. It's something that you have to do every day because the enemy will come and try to bring that up years down the line. But you have to choose to forgive in that moment. The Bible tells us to take our thoughts captive to the obedience of God. Now, what does that mean? Take our thoughts captive. You stop that thought right then and there. Give it over to God and do the obedient thing, which is forgive. Choose to forgive. And this is a process, and you're going to have to get through this. And then the other person, don't rush the other person to hurry up and get over this particular thing. You gotta, you're the one who have made the, the offense. You need to be as gracious, as loving as possible. You need to give all access to this person. And, and, you, and you not only just talk about repentance, but you better show some fruits of repentance and get some accountability. Get some men, if you're a man, get some men in there that are... Um, that are holding you accountable. If you're a woman, get some women that are holding you accountable. And, 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 but we can, you can get through this. You can get through this. We've seen many marriages at this particular church restored. So I think we have time for maybe we do. one more question. One more question. Jason. And uh, it's kind of a funny one. And we're going to let the girls answer this. That's right. It says, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> what makes a happy marriage? Tell us, girls. I think that really the happiness is not what you're trying to gain, but um, just like the Bible tells us that if we lose our lives is when we'll find it. In the same way in marriage, if we give of ourselves to our spouses, that's when we're able to find that happiness. It's about serving each other. You, you know, you enter into a marriage and sometimes we're disillusioned thinking that marriage is about satisfying our needs, but really we're here to honor God. And so as we walk in obedience to the Lord and we seek to serve our spouse 
it automatically, we're, we, we're blessed by it. We're benefited by it because that's where we find that satisfaction and that fulfillment. And so a happy wife is a wife who denies herself. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, wow. I think that a lot of the questions, some of the questions we've heard tonight and some of the things we talk about when we talk about marriage are, are focusing on the negatives, you know, the divorce, the, the affairs, the hardship of uh, being selfless and all of those things. But the question was, happy wife, happy life. Let me tell you, there is no greater... God knew what he was doing when he brought Eve to Adam. He knew that it was not good to be alone. I think there's a great fear and hesitancy on the part of young people to make a commitment to marriage because we see so much and hear so much of the destruction and the devastation of divorce. There, if it's true, 50% are divorced. There's 50% who are married and are happily married and are doing the right things and are enjoying the blessing of being married. And Greg mentioned a few of the stats. I wrote a few down. Um, 75% of the data of individuals who were married are happy and healthier than the ones who are not. And, um, and also the fact that 23% of the marriages that are unhappy today, stats have shown if they will wait five years, in five years, they will be happy. Isn't that, if you just don't rush to divorce, just be patient. I think that's, we live in such an instant culture. We want instant gratification. We want everything perfect. We come into marriage with unrealistic expectations. We don't realize it's like planting a garden. Mm -hmm. And the first year you see a little green leaf sprout and you think, oh, my garden's growing. Wait 10 years, wait 15 years, wait 25 years, wait 40 years, and that little sprout is going to bear fruit. It's going to be a beautiful tree. You're going to be happier, healthier. As a matter of fact, the statistics are you'll be more financially stable and retire wealthier, stay married. And young people, if you're single, don't think you're going to find the perfect person you're going to find another person who is flawed like you, but you have this opportunity. God brings people into our lives in order that we might grow. And in the struggle, in the quarrels that we've had, we've come around, we've learned to forgive, we've learned to love more deeply. Our life is, I mean, at 44 years, our marriage is deeper and richer and more beautiful. We thought we had a good marriage at five years, at 15 years. Let me just tell you, stay the course, God is good. His word is true. Don't be afraid to make the commitment and enjoy your marriage and expect God to bless you in your marriage. Wow, beautiful. Fantastic. Pastor Greg Laurie, along with his wife Kathy, Pastor Jason Powell, and Pastor Elijah Braggs and his wife Sarah in a roundtable discussion on the subject of marriage and the family. And next time on A New Beginning, join Pastor Greg as he brings us the conclusion to this message, Marriage 101. We'll gain some more practical insight on keeping our marriages harmonious so that they can go the distance. Join us next time for A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Marriage 101. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app, where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, 
contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011 or visionstore.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.